You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Good morning. I knew y'all woke up, came to church thinking, I cannot wait to celebrate the baptism of the Lord. Because this is like, I mean, I know some of you are, you totally are into that. But so many of us had no idea that that's what this was actually going on. This is what was going on today. Um, in the feast day, in the, the feast calendar of the church, this is one of those key parties that the church must throw every single year. Uh, the, the church has a reputation for like kind of being stale and kind of boring or whatever. And I honestly, folks, have no idea why. Because we have more parties on the books than like any other community in the world throughout history. We have so many parties. And in fact, we know how to fast so that we can party. That, that's what makes the difference. So this is actually one of those key days where we get to really lean in and celebrate something that is so mind-blowing. That is so worth living for. Something that changes even now our lives and the way we live. It is such good news to celebrate the baptism of Jesus. And I'm going to explain to you why in just a minute. But I want you also to keep in mind here, this isn't something that just South Austin is getting down with today. It's not just Anglicans. It's not just res. I'm just not making a big deal about this. I was telling our baptismal candidates earlier today as we're walking through the service that millions of people throughout the world, millions upon millions, are today dunking people like crazy. It's not just us, and it's not just a regular Sunday, but there is like, it's like baptism crazy going on all over the world right now. Uh, this Sunday today. Isn't that amazing? Think about the, the number of languages around the world in which we're welcoming people into the family of God through baptism. Think of like the different climates and temperatures. Think of, think of like the different exotic locations. Think of those war-torn places that even though there is violence and despair in the world, the body of Christ, the people of God are still welcoming people into the body of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Think about what's going on in the world. Today, we join the rest of the church around the globe to celebrate the baptism of the Lord. While other gospels make a really big deal and give us a ton of really interesting, juicy details about the baptism of the Lord, uh, Luke's gospel seems to be like really, really brief, like too brief. Did you, did you hear how short it was, this gospel account? Listen to verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened. That was it. <laughs> Luke does this really interesting thing, unlike other gospels, that actually puts Jesus' baptism alongside just, you know, people getting baptized out in the dirty Jordan River. No big deal. Oh, and he was praying and the heavens opened up, of course. That's not normal. I mean, you don't see that every day. But something that's really significant about Luke's account is he places Jesus, the Son of Man, the incarnate one, the sacrifice that will rescue all of humanity. His baptism, he places it alongside people like you and me. Regular people. Messed up, dirty, stressed out. You're not dirty, but you can imagine people out in the wilderness, right? They're probably a little dirty. Regular folks. Luke places the baptism of the Lord among regular folks. How uneventful. How, like, not dramatic that sentence begins. Now, when all the people had been baptized, and Jesus, Jesus had also been baptized. How wonderful. So he's with us in the water, but you got to ask this question. Why was Jesus around, among regular people in the water? Why was he in the water? 
Those other people were there because they had stuff they needed to get cleaned off of their souls. Why was Jesus in the water? Did he have dirt? Did he have sin? Did Jesus need cleansing? Had he done something wrong? Why was he in the water? Anyone who knew anything about ritual cleansing in that context would have known you only come to be ritually cleansed if you're ritually unclean. So why in the world was Jesus in the water? It was only for the removal of sin. It was for the removal, the cleansing of the lying people, the cheating people, the selfish people, those who hate. This was a baptism of repentance, of leaving the old way of sin behind. Why was Jesus in the water? Why was he entering the same murky, dirty water of the Jordan River? And folks, trust me, it's like dirty water. It's not like a nice little pool. It is, it's like gross. Why was Jesus in that water with tax collectors, with the poor, with those ethnicities that culture said don't associate with them, with those religious groups that, that people had beef with, there was problems, the political folks that you would never identify with, we're not one of them. Those people were in the water and Jesus was with them. Why was he in the water with them? Even John makes a point John the Baptist, when people start looking at him and saying, maybe he's the Messiah, John makes a point to say, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not even worthy to untie the shoes, the Nikes off of this guy. I'm not even, I, I can't even touch one strap of his sandal. That's how unworthy I am. You don't understand how, how important, how significant, how amazing this Jesus is. So why was this magnificent, amazing Jesus in this dirty water with sinners. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, says the Lord. And through the rivers, I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up about this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you, the prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 43. Listen to this, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And you are precious in my sight and honored. And I love you. It's in the Bible, folks. Verse five, do not fear, for I am with you. This is gonna be a very brief sermon because I want you to hear one thing. The reason Jesus is in the water is because he promised that he would be with you in the waters. God meets regular people in the waters of sin and repentance. And though he is the Christ, though he is the incarnate God, though he is, has everything in his grip, every, all glory, all power, all majesty, all beauty, all truth is his, even though that's him, he still meets you and me in the waters of baptism. Not because we can get our intellectual minds around it and make sense of it, not because we really want that or because we're really feeling it today. It actually has nothing to do with any of that. God meets us in the waters because he said he would and he keeps his promise. God meets us in the waters. He identifies right along sinners and outsiders. He identifies with those who are even this morning filled with shame, burdened, those with darkened souls, 
Those who hide out here this morning, you barely made it to church, but you're still hiding out because you just got stuff and nobody can find out about this. He meets you in the waters. He sees you and he meets you there. The poor, the proud, he meets all of us in the water. Amen. Our kids, um, if there's anyone in this room, the people who get this the most are kids. They have no problem with baptism. They have no problem with imagining and understanding in, in like spiritual sight. Of course, God keeps his promises. Of course, Jesus meets us in the waters. Of course, he washes me clean. Kids get this. Adults, we have such a hard time with this. We have excuse after excuse or sort of intellectual objection after intellectual objection or whatever it is. Well, my reading of the scriptures, who cares? God has promised to meet you in the waters and he has promised to wash you clean of sin. And he hasn't just done this in some sort of spiritual way, but has actually come about in the body of his son, Jesus, who has gone to the cross taking all of your gross, ugly, sinful, dirty, shameful things that you can't even admit that you've done maybe. He's taken all of that because he sees it. He's taken it into his own body to the cross and has consumed it in his own death and put it away forever. He didn't even ask you permission. He took your stuff, whether you like it or not, to the cross and put it away forever, overcoming death by death. Our kids get this mystery. They get this mystery there's one who loves them, who has promised to show up and be near them, identifying with them, taking their sin and putting it to death, burying it. We adults, adults, I think part of the reason we have such a hard time wrapping our head around this gospel truth is because uh, we mute the mystery of God and struggle to rationalize it. We really try to make sense of it. And so if it doesn't make sense, then it's just, we just got to turn it off. It can't be but we are misled by our minds in this case, and we are misled by our fleshly eyes. But this morning, friends, adults, if you squint a little bit, if you lean in with the eyes of faith, you will encounter the truth of God's promise that in fact he meets us in the waters of baptism. How can this be? It's a great mystery. And I'm not gonna like try and give you some sort of like really solid argument about how exactly scientifically we know God shows up in the water because we don't need it. The only thing we can lean on and the, the good news that we get to hear today is God has promised to meet us in the waters with regular people just like you and me. He's promised to be there and so it is. And we can look at that and say, what a great mystery. Praise God. Thank God that he shows up in the waters with us. And when he meets us in the waters, he doesn't just sign up, greet us, give us a handshake, but he announces with the power that shakes the cedars of Lebanon, the voice that moves mountains, the voice that created the cosmos, God announces something over us when he meets us in the waters. You're my child. I love you. You're my beloved. Your sins are forgiven. You're set free. His voice like no other, packs that kind of power. Listen to Psalm 29, verse three. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. Friends, this morning, Christ comes to meet us. Even us, even us, even folks who have a hard time, maybe folks who are just, man, Sean, the stuff I did this week, you don't know who I am, dude. Even you, even us, Jesus meets us in the waters this morning, but he also meets us at his table week after week to feed us the cure of souls in his own body and blood. God 
meets us exactly where we are today. And I want to invite you, would you just suspend all of the things that keep you from meeting God in the waters? He's promised to be there. Will you show up? Will you be, will you be attentive? You say, Lord, I'm here. I know you're here. I'm here. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Come in power. Do what you want to do. I'm here. As we come to the waters and as we come to the table, I pray this morning that you would hear the mighty voice of God announcing over you that you are his child, you are his beloved, and your sins are forgiven. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.